This is Wilson from F3 Dayton with your weekly QSource topic, where we review a chapter of the QSource while also hearing a classic episode of the 43 Feet podcast featuring Dread and Dark Helmet. This week's topic from the book is Q4.8, Accountability Team, Setting and Maintaining High Standards Within the Team. I have a book written from the perspective of the Order of Jesuits of the Catholic Church called Heroic Leadership by Chris Lowney, himself a former Jesuit and executive with J.P. Morgan. One of the four cornerstones of their LDP is self-awareness, that is, having an understanding of your own strengths, weaknesses, and values. Here's the rub. We don't always know our own strengths, weaknesses, and values. And when we do, how well do they match up with the mission of the team? The Team Q, having previously taken the time to match the man to the mission, Dredd points out the next step for the Q is keeping the team accountable so the mission can be accomplished. Dredd's first main point, a team needs collective accountability just as a high-impact man needs individual accountability. In the Live Right quadrant, we described how important individual accountability is to the high-impact man in his effort to have impact. There, we defined accountability as submission to standard through enforcement and consequence and explained that the high-impact man subjects himself to accountability in order to continue his acceleration. Through accountability, a man gets help in resisting his jester, fighting through the flux and avoiding the trap his blind spots set for him. Team accountability is based upon the same principle. Here, the Q applies the team's objective measures of performance to the members by setting high standards and maintaining them through enforcement and consequence. Teams, just like men, have blind spots, areas that they cannot protect without help. Teams, just like men, suffer from the flux, the emotional peaks and valleys that periodically appear in our lives. Teams, just like men, are always in danger of becoming ineffective unless they have strong guardrails in place. Second, standards are meaningless if the queue will not enforce them. If a team does have standards, but the queue can't or won't enforce them, the members will lose respect for his leadership, which erodes the trust necessary for the team to prosper. The same results occur when the queue does not enforce the standards evenly between all members. Loss of respect, leading to erosion of trust, ending with disintegration of team. Like teams, organizations also require accountability to be effective, but unlike team accountability, the array of consequences that a queue may apply within an organization is very broad. With team accountability, there are only two consequences that matter. One, probation, and two, termination. Failure to meet the standard is strike one, probation. The second time is strike two, termination. There is no strike three. For teamwork to thrive, it must be this way. Finally, the queue does not quit on the willing. Employment of probation and termination as the consequences for failure to meet team standards may sound draconian on paper, and it would be in practice as well, if not tempered by the desire for the virtuous leader to see every member of his team reach his potential. 
for the queue, there is a difference between a man who can't as opposed to a man who won't meet the standard when it comes to the duration and objective of probation. For the member who wants to meet the standard but can't do so, the issue for the queue to determine is whether it is possible through training or reasonable accommodation to turn can't into can. If he believes it is impossible due to the man's hardwiring or the limits on the team's time or resources, then there is no point in dragging out the probation. It won't help the man or the team to delay the inevitable black Tahoe. If it is possible, then the Q employs positive habit transfer to help the man accelerate towards the standard. In that case, the probation should last as long as the acceleration does. The Q does not give up on a member willing to accelerate as long as it is possible that he might meet the standard if he continues to work. With that as an overview, here's the substantive portion of a classic episode of the 43 Feet Podcast with Dread and Dark Helmet talking about team accountability. I don't really have any self-effacing no? uh, stuff for you, so I think we're just going to go ahead and roll the opening, would you? I may as well. And, and we're, we're back. back. You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers, and I'm joined each week by Dave Redding, or Dread, one of the co-founders of F3 Nation. We're going to answer your questions, pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. Team accountability is the next thing we're going to talk about. Why, yes. Yes, it is. Uh, that is the substantive, substantive portion of this podcast. That's <laughs> such a, that's a, that was approaching, um, you know, a, um, what do they call it? When you move from one thing to the next. A segue? A segue. That was yeah. very close to a segue. It's what it was. That was to a segue as a little scooter is to a segue. <laughs> it was almost. It was, it was close. It was close. It was representative of one. Oh, one. All right. I so see. this is in the fourth quadrant, which is it the is. Lee Wright Franklin, as you know. As I do. It's the Q4.8, if it, you're following along on our <laughs> idiotic number system. Which we hope you which are. Which we hope you are. It has a statement, as we always have, and that's setting and maintaining high standards within the team. That's accountability team or team right. accountability. We say accountability team, so it fits in the acronym T-E-A-M, which right. is trust, equipping, accountability team, and missionality team. Yes. That's why they kind of cumbersome uh, language there to if make it one, fit. If one wanted to look at it yeah. that way. And we do that to make it easier to remember. Yes. So you can remember vape, vision, yes. you know, mm-hmm. articulation, persuasion, exhortation. Remember the five C's. You oh, can, yeah. No, yeah. you've ruined me. I've got it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was teaching this thing on Sunday to these uh, these uh, young kids. And I was like, well, what you got to get is the D-par. And they were like, <laughs> right. huh? what's that? I'm like, well, I'm staying. Yeah. And by the end, they're all reciting it. Right. You know, they just make it easy to, way it is. Easy yeah. to organize in your this mind. This works. Right? Uh, like Sokotoa, right? When you're learning trigonometry. Right. Right? Yeah. All right. So um, the Socratic, which are the three thought-provoking questions that go with every uh, Q point. Provoke are, me. I will provoke you. <laughs> Do teams need standards in the way that a man does? Mm. Don't know. No, I don't think so. How important it is for the Q to enforce standards within a team? And finally, what does the Q do about a man who does not meet the team standards. Dun, dun, dun. Those are your thought-provoking Socratics. Yes. Uh, synthesis. Here are the spurs. The first one is a team needs collective accountability just as a him needs 
individual accountability. And again, Franklin, accountability for the individual we define as submission to standard through enforcement and consequence, yeah. right? That's individual And the team needs the same kind of thing. Right. Now, the reasons why an individual needs it are at least three, right? Number one, to fight his jester, right? That temptation of flesh that oh, yeah. threatens to hinder his acceleration. Two, to help him fight through the flux, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which are those ups and downs that come with life, the chaos of life will introduce mm-hmm. flux in your life. And avoiding the blind spots. And those are things that you can't see that creep up on you, right? Yeah. So without individual accountability, you'll be subject to all of those. Your gesture will constantly wear you down and hinder your acceleration. Mm-hmm. The flux will cause you to miss opportunities because you have no strategy for life. Right. Because you're not ready to fight through that. And your blind spots will creep up on you and just slam and you to the ground yep. every single time. All right. Teams, just like men, Franklin, uh, have blind spots. Yes. Right? Uh, just like an individual, men, our team will suffer from the flux. Those emotional peaks and valleys... Well, they're made up of people. That's right. So they can't, you can't help right. it, right? Like our Charlotte Panthers are going through a flux right now. Yeah. Right? That's, that's what happens. Uh, and, gar- and blind spots uh, are, it's helpful to have guardrails uh, for an individual and just as helpful for teams. Yeah. And he's kind of where, it's what standards are all about, right? Without standards, without standards, a team will ultimately decelerate, decelerate. Remember in F3, everything's binary. You're either going or you're not going. Right. You're either upping or you're downing. Uh, there ain't no third there direction. Ain't no, there is no mythical plateau, right? Yeah. That's a myth. If you think you've reached it, you're actually decelerating. You just don't realize it yet. And that's <laughs> and it will catch you, friends. <laughs> that, that's the status that we refer to as stasism or static. Yeah. Static, being static, right. right? Which is the opposite of dynamic. Yes. Uh, an, an example of a team that has uh, decelerated is a club. Yeah. Which is just a, you know, it's a combination of people that get together for no other reason than just to get together. Kind of hang out. Nothing horrible about a club except it doesn't accomplish anything. No, it may may even have a stated kind of generally accepted, oh, this is sort of the loose purpose-ish thing that we're here for. Like a book club. But if nobody reads the book, nobody cares. Sure, right. Now, uh, clubs are actually for kimonos, and a kimono is the kind of guy that we say has a watchword that's personal comfort rather than mission accomplishment. Right. So, um, you know, picture the kimono, the garment, not the dragon. Every time it's... Yeah, that's Komodo. Somebody, is it, it is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Somebody always say, <laughs> oh, go? the dragon? And I'm like, uh, yeah, it's a good point. No. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the silky, yeah. soft, silky garment that right. actually serves no purpose other than to kind of make you look and feel good. I'm, I'm sure you have one hanging in your uh, Franklin closet. Several. 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 <laughs> and they're awesome. All right. Now, uh, kimonos are where, clubs are where kimonos gather. Yeah. And uh, hymns will not hang out in clubs. No, because those are seams, not bees. Boom. All right. Now, uh, to set effective standards, you know, the cue of a team has to be constantly reinforcing those standards and repeating them. Uh, repetition and reinforcement are critical uh, mm-hmm. for teams, for standards. If you watch uh, the beginning of a football game, you see the team coming out of its locker room. There's often like some words written. You right, know, like a credo yeah, or yeah. something like that that they can remember, right? So you, you're constantly repeating that. Yeah. But it's critical once you are repeating them and, and reinforcing them as the leader is that you yourself can exceed them. Tell me more. Well, I mean, if you're going to set a, a team standard, right? Uh, you know, a standard for each member of the team to meet, like this is what we do here. Right. If you don't meet them well, yourself, right. then you're going to have a problem. But you said exceed. Yeah. Well, yeah, exceed them because you got to give yourself bandwidth. And you also got to establish the fact that although a standard, while good enough or it wouldn't be the minimum, 
Ah, uh, yes. Isn't a not, sign of not leadership. What yeah. That's not what you're talking about, yeah. right? So you're, what you're always still looking to, if, if, the, if the statement of accountability team is to set and maintain high standards, right. you constantly want to set and reset them at a higher level yeah. to keep your team accelerating. Right. Yeah. Once guys meet the standard, everybody's doing it very easily, you got to make it a little harder. To do that, you yourself have to be ahead of it. Yeah. Which can be a real burden and no easy matter for the Q because in addition to all his obligations, he's a leader and leadership will wear you down. Yeah. You know, so you get so busy leading, you stop doing and then you stop yeah. doing, you can't meet the standard. Which is why you're, uh, was it the colonel? Yeah, my battalion was, commander. Yeah, right. 50, 50 cal in the bedroom. All right. day long he's leading and at night he's in his office breaking down a 50 cal machine gun, putting it back together, uh, which wasn't his job. No. His job was to lead a battalion, but that weapon system was one of the weapon systems of his battalion. And if he was going to be effective in leading other men to learn it and know it, he had to learn it and know it. And that cost him a lot of sleepless nights. Doing I'm stuff sure like it did. That. All right. Now, if uh, let's take it to the second spur, which yes. is that standards are meaningless if the Q will not enforce them. So it's one thing to set them. Yeah. And it's another thing to enforce them with yourself, as we just discussed. Right. But with the other members of the team. Yeah. Because it's difficult. Oh, yeah. When men don't meet the standard on the team, you want to make excuses for them, uh, particularly if they're a really nice guy, like a kimono, right, right. or a uh, hard-driving guy, like the second problematic dude, uh, which is the toxic. Right. So whereas the kimono is a guy who uh, doesn't want to. Yeah. Right? So he's like a guy in a boat who won't row. Right. Right? I mean... But he's he's there encouraging everybody else to row. Super nice guy. Yeah. Remembers everybody's birthday. Comes yeah. up with a secret yeah. Santa, you know, the whole deal, uh-huh. right? Nice, nice guy, right. right? He ain't rowing the boat, no. right? Toxic, on the other hand, is rowing furiously in the wrong dang direction. Often on purpose. Often on purpose, right? Yeah. He's, he's working at counter purposes. It's just the way he is. Yeah. Both of those guys are detrimental uh, to the organization, and both of them have to have applied to them certain consequences. Otherwise, standards can't be enforced, and those consequences yeah. are only two. First is probation, and the second is termination. There is no strike three. So if you've got a kimono or a toxic, you got to first give them prob- probation, a chance to meet. Right. The because it is possible for a, a man to change. Yeah, no, uh, yeah absolutely. He, he could, you know. In fact, 100% of men who need to change do not change absent an outside force acting upon them, which is, of course, what the right. Q is supposed to do. Say, hey, Bubba, here's where you are. That's the gap between where you are and need to be. Here's your opportunity to close that gap. Go. Right, right. That's probation, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's probation. And for that to even work at all, the standards have to be clear, and the Q himself was promulgating those standards has to be himself exceeding it. Because if you say to a toxic, for instance, here's where you are, grab the oars in a row, and he looks over at you, and you got your hands in your lap. Right. Well, He's like, I'm not doing it if you're not doing it. Yeah, that ain't leadership yeah. by example. It ain't going to work, right? Yeah. Toxic, the, the, the kimono will use your inactivity as an excuse for his inactivity. The toxic will, out of cynicism and hatred, See you as a hypocrite, right. and then you, he will actively right. work against you. Right, that's right. Yeah. All you, all you really do is 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 make his toxicity more bitter. You yeah. know, if you do that. Yeah. So that that's kind of a a, a perfect example of why you have to do that. Uh, within these two um, broad categories, kimonos and and flesh anchors, you got to remember that a kimono, or kimonos and on, and toxics. toxics. Mm-hmm. A kimono is a flesh anchor. Yes. On a dynamic team, yeah. right? So he's a guy sitting in a boat. Not only is he not rowing, you got to row for him. Yeah, you got to push his 170 right. pounds or whatever right. it is so, along as right. well. So you're you're missing the hands that could be rowing. 
uh-huh. and also having to row for him. So when somebody says, well, yeah, I got Mike in there and he's, I guess you're right. He's a come on. He's not really doing anything, but everybody loves him. It's like, aren't you tired of carrying him? <laughs> Don't you think the guys to his left and right are tired of, tired of rowing for him? Yeah. I mean, if you've got him there just to fill a seat, think you're... Then either A, you don't need the seat. You're better off yeah. having him not there. Yeah. So you gain an advantage by getting rid of him and lightening the load. Yeah. Well, just right out of Removing the chute. Removing ballast. Right, just yeah. right out of the chute, right? Right out of the chute. Now, the toxic is worse than a flesh anchor because not only is he not rowing <laughs> with you, you got to row against him. Like he's counteracting yeah. it, right? Yeah. So you got to, you, you know, as a cue, you got to prune those kimonos and toxics from the branches of the, of the team, right? But Dred, in my organization, hypothetical organization, not my personal one, but in my right. hypothetical organization, it takes an act of Congress for me to get rid of somebody. You're talking it about not a, yours. No, no. Right. Hypothetical. Right. Right. A, a large bullfrogish sure. organization. It is, it's very difficult to Tahoe somebody. How do you handle that? Right. Well, I mean, every organization has its uh, rules. And for those who don't have rules, there's law. Mm-hmm. So, um, say my organization, your organization, which are really just teams, right? Because yeah. they're small. Yeah, very small. Um, we have we have few or no rules that govern how we can uh, black tie somebody, take somebody out, right? Yeah. Um, yeah I'm in the state of North Carolina. Right. I, don't, I don't have to tell you. But we, <laughs> we, we do have the law yeah. that governs us. Now, if we're working for Bank of America or something like that, I imagine there's like 75 rules whatever it is right right so i'll say the process (laughs) that if you are the cue of a team within a large organization that has specific rules that govern how you black tahoe somebody you best be an expert at those rules Mm -hmm. and the reason is because you're applying them yeah so if you work at bank of america and there's 47 things that must be done to black tahoe a toxic you best be marching through them one through 47. And you know them by heart That's because right. you got to be able to. Now, yeah. I found this to be to be true in the Army. You know, we had specific rules mm-hmm. that governed it. In fact, if a guy's in an enlistment, you can't really just fire him. Uh, I mean, yeah. you have to. You can move him around a lot. Well, there's essentially two things you can do. One, you can separate him from the military, uh, which is an act of non-judicial punishment in a way. Okay. So you can terminate his enlistment before it expires, but there's going to have to be a significant wrongdoing on his part, and it leaves a permanent mark on his record. Mm. So he's not going to get an honorable discharge, yeah. less an honorable discharge or a dishonorable discharge. Um, the easier thing to do is to kind of rehab him by moving him around. And there's some guys that have spent six years of enlistment moving one from one place to another, right? Being ineffective right. in every place or they go. Or you can just but... work around them. Okay. Now... That's a lot of bureaucracy, but the leaders I knew that I really respected would go through it. Oh. And also requires you to look men in the eye and say, here are the standards, and write down, here's why you're not meeting them. Yeah. Because the first thing your boss is going to say to you uh, when you go to him and say, I need to do something about Joe here, is like, let me see your counseling statements. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because you better have a file. Yeah. You know, and the funny thing about that was my experience is if you had a file, you didn't need to get rid of the guy. Because the counseling statements would cause him to they were, perform they were, yeah. exactly the way yeah. the thing was. It was always somebody who didn't want to do the dirty, hard work of meeting the rules yeah. to Black Tahoe, uh, who would then want somebody else to do that dirty work for him. Yeah. Let's get rid of Joe. Okay, yeah. but yeah. what does Joe know about it? Well, yeah. nothing, because he's got an empty file on your desk. You're supposed to give him a quarterly counseling statement, but there's no restriction to give them more often than as often as it takes. Okay. 
So you could meet with Joe Weekly and have a counseling right. statement. And, right. But that would be the that would be the evidence. Sure. Needed. You say to a good leader in the military, you know, how many guys have you had to relieve? Which means you know, fire right, essentially. Right. Uh, zero. How many guys have you gone about the business of, of relieving? Hundreds. <laughs> you know, because in so yeah. doing it, the guy met the standard. Yeah. He he put himself back into shape. Sure. Yeah. And you got his attention. As yeah. we like to say, right? <laughs> you got his attention. Yeah, you know, and I think the same thing applies in the civilian world. I'm guessing, I, I don't know, but I'll bet you Bank of America's HR department is not completely arbitrary, capricious, and so overloaded no, with bureaucracy. I can't yeah, it's just that the leaders within the bank don't want to enforce it right. because it requires hard looks and straight talk. And we don't we don't do that well. Well, we're not trained to do it yeah. well. Hence, right, what we're doing right now. Right. That's why I make videos all day. <laughs> right. Help people, help yeah. leaders do that. Right. Yeah. It's going to be hard to black Tahoe a guy, but you're not doing the team any good not doing it, right? Right. And you're not doing the guy any good not doing it. No. Because if you don't prune those kimonos and toxins, your tree going to wither and die, man. Yeah, and then, and then what have you done for that guy? Not a darn thing. All right. That takes us to the third and last spur, which is the Q does not quit on the willing. So That's a tough one. Right. So let's talk a little probation stuff here, you know. Um, this is before you terminate a guy. This is like, well, you know, how do I, you know, is there a way to to see the guy's behavior change. Mm-hmm. And and we got to draw a distinction between those who can't and those who won't. So yes. if you got it that, that can't, because he doesn't know how, mm-hmm. or he doesn't understand the mission or something like that, that problem starts with you as the leader. Have you made the, clear, the mission clear to him, right? Have you taught him everything you know? Have you rewarded his, his taking of an individual initiative? Have you done those things? Have you done everything you can to help him turn can't into can't? Mm-hmm. And as long as he's trying and accelerating towards that, I'd say probation should continue. Okay. Now the won't the guy certainly could. He just won't. Yeah. Right. Either he is not motivated sufficiently, or he's doing something else. He's a toxic. He's like, yeah. hey, he's like, why didn't you do this? He's like, because I was too busy doing something you told me not to do. <laughs> right. All right. So how can I, how can I persuade you? Yeah. To do the right thing, and I would say you cannot. That, yeah, maybe not. In that case, probation lasts as long as as the as the persuasion seems to be having an effect. Yeah. So as long as a man is continuing to accelerate and it doesn't put the team at risk, I say you stay with him. Don't quit on him. And as long as your attempts to persuade a man um, are bearing fruit, like you can see it, right. I right. say keep trying. Yeah. But as soon as you see that it's not, that you know can't. Then be swift. Can't ain't turning into can, yeah. won't ain't turning into will, mm-hmm. then, to, then to be swift. And if you've met all the, re- the legal requirements or statutory regulatory requirements of the state of North Carolina, whatever state you're mm-hmm. in, or the, the the rules of your organization, then and you're an expert in those, and you've applied them fairly and correctly, and you can stand there in front of God and everybody and say, I'm letting you go, and here's why. Well, you know what? If you get sued for it, you're going to win. Yeah. And every once in a while, you just got to do that. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, you just have to, to take that on. Because if you're going to shy away and say, well, I'm never going to black Tahoe guy because I don't want to get sued. Like, right. Well, you're never going to get sued, but you're never going to. You're not going to have a good organization. You're not going to have a business very long. Yeah. Yeah. Not forever. No, that's very true. Because what will happen is people will realize that they can do whatever they want. Yeah. There's no consequences to um, failure to meet the standards. If there's zero consequences to failure to meet the standards, some large proportion of any grouping of people is going to not meet the standards. And some people that would have met the standards won't because they see that there's no consequences Completely to not. Completely disincentivized and then to do so. what you're left is that last small sliver of people that meet the standards, whether or not there's being enforced or not. In fact, right. they, they're going to meet them for their own motivation. Right. Those are your superstars, right? I mean, those but are the they that- can't carry a leech forever. 
No. Or a bullfrog forever. It's going to well, turn into a leech. Well, they won't. Yeah, they won't. They right. generally will not. They yeah. will generally... They'll either... They'll depart. Quit? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll depart. Yeah. Above all, you know, why, one of the main reasons why you don't quit on the willing, and again, we're in the fourth quadrant here, which is to leave right, and that's about building a legacy, yeah. is a leader's legacy is built on love. And if you take a man through this Black Tahoe process, you do it with love in your heart, you really hope he does. Yeah. You know, oh, get, yeah. meet yeah, standard. You're not trying to fire him. Right. You're, no, trying you're trying to make to, him better. You're trying to make him succeed. Yeah. Help him succeed. Give him the tools. And you're doing it out of love for care of him, you know? Um, then then you're not going to have a problem if you do it that way. Yeah. Right? Not every man in an organization, um, community, or team sees himself as a servant. That's that's when it breaks down to it, right? If you're the leader, you're a servant leader. Right. If you're a team member, you're a servant that's what it's all about. If what you're serving is yourself, right? It's it's not going to work. No. You know, you can't have that. Um, and if you don't think you have to serve anybody, like you don't see that as part of life, you're wrong too. Because it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yeah. You know what, Franklin? Yes, sir. You got a face for radio. <laughs> it's a good thing this is a podcast. It is. It is. <laughs> yes, indeed. You're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Thanks for listening to 43 Feet, a leadership podcast. If you have questions about leadership, F3, or anything else, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com. Until next time, we'll be here in the unknown, the uncomfortable, the difficult. The 43 Feet, out front. They call you doctor, they may call you team. Serve somebody. Yes, you are. You're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody.